Welcome to the York Story Slam podcast, where we feature select stories from our monthly open mic storytelling events in York, Pennsylvania. The theme for our April Story Slam was win, lose, or draw. Happily, we mostly heard stories of wins, and even the stories of losing at first led to happy results in the end. Erin Marsicano won with her story about overcoming her childhood shyness by participating in pageants. Here's Erin. All right, so I was a shy child. Um, my mom even took me to the doctor at one point out of concern um, because I would either shove my face into my parents' legs or at their shoulders, depending on if I was being held. Um, anytime a stranger or for that matter, any adult tried to speak to me. And as a redhead, the hair attracted attention, lots of attention from well-meaning people, of course, that just wanted to pay a compliment to a pint-sized kiddo with bouncy pigtails but I was having none of it. And um, despite this shyness, my mom entered me into pageants. And I use that term loosely, let's be honest. Um, I'm not talking toddlers and tiaras here. I'm talking uh, child of the 80s pageant. So more like a contest. Um, but uh, so again, as a redhead growing up in the 80s, I was growing up in the day of strawberry shortcake. So for anyone who's not familiar with this darling little redhead character with her green and white tights and her pink hat with uh, tiny strawberries, uh, her red dress with white bloomers and a white apron, um, let's just say we're not talking about the dessert, but I am talking about strawberry shortcake lookalike contests. And I have memories of two of them, one at the North Hanover Mall with Hanover being from where I grew up, and the other in Cherry Lane in downtown York City. And um, when I say I have memories of this, I have photos that remind me that I was there, um, that I did indeed get on stage, and I did not shove my face in my mom's leg. Um, but it's the North Hanover Mall one that uh, has stuck with me. Um, and it was a lose-win situation uh, that I may or may not still harbor resentment for. You see, my shyness did me in. I was the one genuine redhead on the stage that day, while others were wearing yarn wigs, some of which weren't even red. Um, and while I had the genuine hair, um, and I like to think the best costume, uh, I came in second place. Um, because, well, I didn't have the personality, or more specifically, strawberries, berry, bubbly personality. But second place is where I actually won that day. Because in my eyes, as a four-year-old, the second place prizes were the better of the prizes. A strawberry shortcake lamp, um, which I'm pretty sure remained in my bedroom throughout my teenage years, and four strawberry shortcake plastic mud mugs, which I used daily. So score one for the shy girl. But that strawberry shortcake lamp was not my only prized possession that had a prominent place in my uh, eight feet by eight feet childhood bedroom. I was also entered in, maybe it was more of a fashion show than a pageant, um, but I do remember I wore a like light blue or lavender smocked dress, frilly white socks, and black patent leather T-strap shoes. And while I don't remember much else from that day, I do remember I got a trophy. And this trophy went on, it had little eagles or, or pointy adornments that went on to hold medals and ribbons and things that I acquired throughout the years. And this trophy that I'm talking about was like four or five feet tall. 
So clearly the shy girl rocked the stage that day to take home such a great prize. And now maybe this laid the, the groundwork to help me overcome my shyness, um, which by the way, the doctor told my mom would be at eight years old and either I was cognizant of this factoid or um, he was right. Because by eight, I was confidently standing in front of my classmates giving presentations. By middle school, I was performing in plays, both at school and York Little Theater's children's performances. And by high school, I was winning awards uh, in our annual drama fest. I was even voted class actress in our senior superlatives. Now, I'm pretty confident all of that would have transpired without my strawberry shortcake lamp and my five foot tall uh, trophy, but I do like to think that they served as reminders to this once shy redhead that I was capable of good things. Aaron earned a spot in our Grand Slam in November. Next up, we have Eric Acock, who shared a story about how a college game of tag gone wrong led to longer-term wins. Uh, this actually takes place uh, back October 1st of 2004. Uh, it was my freshman year of college. Uh, and I decided, you know, I was going to get out of my comfort zone. I was going to meet a lot of people, you know, trying to figure out like who I was when I got to school. And my roommates and I were walking across campus to go get dinner. And uh, as we're coming up to the, the, the front of the cafeteria, uh, I, I said to my friend, I said, man, there's a stunning looking woman standing over with this group of friends um, on the grass. They had like a grassy area next to the cafeteria. And, you know, ironically, she waves over to me and my friend. She goes, hey, do you guys want to come play a game? And I was like, okay and she goes do you guys want to play lap tag and immediately freshman you know guy going oh this is gonna be awesome i don't know i don't know what this is but uh but yeah you know lap tag that that sounds super fun and uh it's not dirty so uh the easiest way to explain it it's duck duck goose you have a person in the middle who's the player you have an inside ring that's the competitors and the outside ring who are your anti-partners the person inside calls the name of people in that inside ring and your anti-partner's job is to stop you from tagging the person and winning. I got cocky. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm a big guy. I can easily do this. So we played a couple of rounds and, uh, you know, we took a break for a little bit and the girl who invited us all over was like, hey, after we're all done, we're going to go back to our dorm room, have a video game night and watch Rocky Horror. And I was like, hell yeah, I love that movie. This is great. Great looking girl. Why not? So we get ready to play the last round, and my anti-partner is a former Army Ranger. And I went, well, this is going to either go really good or it's going to go really bad. It went really bad. Uh, they called my name. He flipped me. I hit the ground. I felt the pop. My arm went numb. And I stood up, and I said, something's not right. And I realized that my arm was at a very awkward position, and I had dislocated my arm. So being from a medical family, I knew exactly what had gone on. I've dislocated things before. And I, got, I said, guys, I need to go to the hospital. I just dislocated my arm. And everybody said, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And I, again, being a medical family, pulled my arm and popped it back into place. And everybody heard that audible. And they went, oh, you need to go to the hospital. So I go to the hospital. I am covered in mud. My friend who drove me wouldn't let me wear my dirty shoes in his car. So he put a blanket on the seat and I had to carry my shoes. He dropped me off at the ER and left. And I walk in the ER and I said, I'm pretty sure I just dislocated my arm. And they said, let's get you back in the ER. They got x-rays. They came back in like 20 minutes later. The doctor goes, yep, you dislocated. But whoever said it did a beautiful job. I said, oh, I, I said it. And he goes, oh, let's get you some painkillers because when your adrenaline runs out, you're going to go into shock and this is going to be really bad. So he comes back, gives me a handful of food. I take my, uh, or a handful of pills. I take my pills. And I went, I didn't eat dinner. I haven't eaten since eight o'clock this morning. This is going to be not good. I text my friend. I said, come pick me up at the hospital. I just took painkillers. This is not going to end well. So my same friend who dropped me off uh, picked me up, 
and then just dropped me back off on campus, not at my dorm, on campus, and then went to work. Painkillers kick in. I have no idea where my dorm is, but I can remember the girl's room number who invited us all back to watch Rocky Horror. So I show up at her room. It's now 10 o'clock at night, completely out of my mind on painkillers. I knock on her door. She opens the door. There's like five or six people hanging out. I said, I'm just going to curl up on the floor for a little bit and go to sleep. And I laid down. I fell asleep on her floor for about two hours. Woke up, felt great. Arms still hurt like hell, but woke up and felt great. So proceeded to talk to this girl for the next couple hours. And I was like, oh man, this is, this girl's great. Like I can't pass up this opportunity. So I immediately asked her out at like two o'clock in the morning, October 2nd. So, and two days later, she was asked out by the friend who dislocated my arm. Of course, she said no, because, you know, we were already dating. So, fast forward now, we've been married, uh, it'll be te uh, 11, 10 years in June, and our daughter will be turning three next month. So, I may have lost that game horrifically, but I want an amazing wife, a, ph a phenomenal life, and the coolest little three-year-old toddler that I've ever met in my life. And to answer questions that are thinking, yes, I do still talk to the Army Ranger, we are still friends. I just saw him last or summer before last. We still joke about the time he broke me and my arm still clicks and pops every time it gets cold. So living in PA, it is horrible in the winter, but it, it makes for a good story. And my arm is roughly half an inch shorter on this side now than this side. So I definitely lost horrifically in that game, but I won the coolest prize, which has been, uh, it's not prize, but the coolest uh, part of my life has been my wife. Uh, so that is my story for win, lose, or draw. So no draw, but definitely a win and a lose. Our final story on this month's podcast comes from our first Canadian participant, Sue Jung, hereby making York Story Slam international. Sue shared her story of expectations versus reality on a trip to Thailand. Here's Sue. I needed a win. I needed a win so badly. My relationship was failing. I hated my job. It felt like I was losing it everything. And I needed a win so bad. So here it was, my eat, pray, love journey, Thailand edition. It felt like something magical was about to happen. I've been daydreaming about this day for so long, like how I'm going to meet a royal family like randomly at a cozy chic cafe and like we become best friends and of course i get the invite to stay at the royal palace with gold statues and pavilions whatever a pavilion is so it totally made sense that i only book the airfare it would be a total waste to book accommodation when I'm going to stay at the palace with gold statues and whatnot. Sadly, and most shockingly, no Thai royal BFF. But all these people kept telling me about these dang tropical fish I must see. So I go snorkeling. I don't know how to swim, but this package included free breakfast and a life vest. I don't know what I was expecting with like such little money I paid, but like I was expecting one of those boats that make you say, 
I'm on a motherfucking boat. It wasn't. There was a staff dumping water on the side of the boat, and he said, don't worry, just leaky toilet water. On the way to our first spot called Shark Bay, because this is where real sharks like to hang around, the weather was terrible. It was windy, raining sideways, and the boat was like so shaky. So I made sure that I had my life vest on properly. And like what was so interesting is that like none of the staff like assured us how friendly these sharks were. But I was determined to see these dang tropical fish. So I jump in like a starfish with my mouth open and everything. As soon as I hit, my body hit the water, all the water goes into my mouth, up my nose, into my goggles, and burn my eyes. And my body is violently swaying with the water. And I realize, oh, life vest does not give you life. And like, I keep forgetting to close my stupid mouth, and all the water keeps going in. And from the corner of my eyes, I see that the boat is so far away from me already. So I tried the emergency whistle, and of course, it's broken. It's like, I feel so exhausted and disoriented, and I'm thinking, ah. Oh, this is how I'm going to go without seeing these majestic tropical fish. Then I projectile vomited all over the ocean like a fire hose. Wow! It was so amazing. All the jumping fish trying to get at my pineapple bits, croissant bits, cheese bits, toast bits, noodle bits. Apples. It like went on for a while because of the free breakfast. Finally, it was a win I've been waiting for. Thank you so much. All the winners from this year's Open Mic Story Slam events will return to compete for the title of Best Storyteller in York. Updates on our website are available on our website, yorkstoryslam.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. Please also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and watch videos of all the stories from our events on our YouTube channel. A big thank you to our 2021 sponsor, KBG Injury Law, whose generous support is making this season possible. We hope to see you virtually or on stage soon. Thanks for listening. This Story Slam podcast is produced by Carla Wilson of Wilson Media Services. Theme music composed and performed by David Wilson. You can learn more at wilsonmediaservices.com.